Hello and welcome to the Joyful Doctor podcast. My name is Dr Caroline Walker and I am the Joyful Doctor. Uh, I have a real passion for helping doctors to live happier lives full of reward and meaning and that's why I really wanted to bring you this podcast. Each episode is going to be an interview with an amazing doctor that I respect, love, admire and think has some wonderful things to share with you to help you to become an even more joyful doctor than you already are. I've um, really struggled over the years and um, as a doctor and also, you know, I've fallen in and out of love with medicine many, many times and, and through it all, I just keep coming back to this idea that we should be doing more of what we love. So I hope that through listening to these podcasts, you might be able to connect with what it is that you really love to do and to do more of it. Welcome. Welcome to the Joyful Doctor podcast. Hello and welcome to today's uh, podcast. Today I'm really excited to have with me Hydra Al-Hakim, the third eye doctor. Um, Hi Hydra. Hello Caroline, how are you today? Oh, do you know I'm I'm good today actually. Um, I wasn't expecting to be. I know that might sound a bit strange but you know like sometimes you... um, I don't know, you go to bed one night and you think, oh, I'm in a bit of a funk and you think it's going to carry on, but actually you wake up and actually you feel all right. So today I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very well. I mean, I, I tend to do that to people. I make them quite relaxed <laughs> and oh, quite happy. So you don't, you, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. I definitely know that um, there are certain people in my life that if I know I'm going to speak to them or just after a minute of speaking to them, I feel a bit more uplifted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, probably people are thinking, who's this guy? Um, I trained as an ophthalmologist in London. Uh, I qualified here in London at Barts. Um, I was born in Iraq, and I came to the UK at the age of four. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm I'm sort of I'm not really sure who I am really. Mm. You know? I mean, I used to be an ophthalmologist. I, I think I, I identified myself as being an ophthalmologist. But then once my passion and my drive for ophthalmology wilted, I thought to myself, fuck, you know, who, who am I if I'm not an ophthalmologist? Because that was the identity that I carried, or at least uh, an identity of a physician anyway. And mm. I think that has sort of changed over the last years. Since I've started coaching and looking at alternative um, careers and and uh, paths and sort of ways of thinking, and also you know that's on a kind of work physical level, but on a psychological spiritual level, that's also changed over the, the last few years as well. Mm. So yeah, it is a bit complicated, but on the surface of things, you know, I'm what uh, I'm the third eye doctor essentially. And I help people um, find themselves and get them out of a funk and get them out of stress and calm them down and look within and get back to their their true self again. Wonderful. I I can really relate, actually, and I'm sure many of our listeners can, that um, to that idea of struggling with who we are, like our identity. 
as doctors um, and how so much of our identity can be tied up with that label and with what we do um, for a living. And I think often people say, you know, when you're introducing yourself to people, it's often how we do it, isn't it? We kind of frame it in terms of our job or our role. Um, and something I often ask uh, doctors to do when I get them in groups is to introduce themselves to each other, but they're not allowed to talk about work. Yeah. And it really stops people and gets them thinking because suddenly it's like, oh, who am I if I'm not, you know, if I don't say that I'm a whatever, a GP trainee or a, yeah. an ophthalmologist. Yeah. Um, I met a really interesting lady. She's, um, her name's Lorraine Dickey, and um, she's a pediatric palliative senior doctor and she's got this thing called the narrative um what's it called the uh something about the narrative i can't remember the actual name of the company mm. but essentially they talk about their name mm. Mm. what does their name mean to them so they spend three minutes writing about what their name means to them and then, and then they explain it, essentially write, uh, read what they've written down on, on, on the piece of paper. Oh, I'm going to try that later. And that creates a certain perspective. Mm. Not just your perspective, but people understand your perspective in relation to them. Yeah. So it creates an interesting, um, um, let's say, uh, uh, relationship uh, between... The person who's reading what their names mean to them uh, and also the person that's listening to it uh, and she does that uh, between physicians she does that between physician and uh, patients and it creates a really really interesting relationship I mean essentially it creates an open relationship where people start understanding where they're coming from mm. you know why are they depressed why are they aggressive why are they angry why are they so nice why are they understanding and um once you kind of do that to yourself as well you know if you don't have an audience you start understanding why you you know you have these different triggers and these sort of different bouts of ups and downs and, and mm. sort of fucked up incidents and, and sort of stuff like that so um so that was quite interesting actually and you know, she 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 gave me one of these. Um, I don't know what you call these things. These bands. Oh, like a wristband. So, wristbands. Yeah. So yeah. So on on one side, she she's written perspective is reality, and on the other side, she's got emotion trumps logic. Mm. And you know, for me, for a long time, I used to listen to my logic, for a long, long time. I think. And, doctors do don't they yep. it's the world we're we're raised in and and you know medical school kind of uh what's the word it kind of uh, not reiterates that it kind of supports that that approach um, yeah yeah but actually or beats it beings, to you. <laughs> yeah but as human beings we're um we're definitely we're just driven by emotion aren't we mm. Mm. all the time and day you know, day out, the little day-to-day -day choices and our bigger life choices as well yeah, exactly. And I remember, you know, I've always been a very, very emotional kid, really emotional, you know, wear my emotions on my sleeve. And people used to get really, uh, you know, drained or just intimidated or just mm. it was just too much for them. So I had to always suppress my emotion. Mm. And, you know, and then medicine came along. Mm. 
<laughs> and it was like, nope, no emotion. Yeah. Just logic, science, because we're yeah. scientists. You know, emotion's bad for you. Don't show any emotion. Don't create any kind of humanistic uh, connection with your patients. It's just business as usual. And uh, if you do, you must hide that at all costs and um, present the professional front. The professional front. And yeah. then if you do have to sort of uh, let go, don't let go in the hospital, let go anywhere else. Yeah, or let go in the drug cupboard. Or yeah. Toilets. You know, I hear so many stories from doctors, and I've done it too, you know, where I've just... Um, got so emotional at work and not been able to contain it and then ended up crying you know in a in a, a toilet somewhere or um there was a an interesting article in the bmj recently about um uh how, how it's okay actually to cry at work that actually showing your emotion sometimes can be so healing and powerful you know, for you and for your patients, you know, if you're, if they're going through something that's so, uh, that's such a, f a fundamentally moving human, like, thing, like they're going through grief or loss or trauma or fear, or that, that actually being with them in that moment and showing that you're connected and can see that and feel that can be really powerful. For well, them. we're humans, aren't we, Caroline? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as if we're fucking robots. No. We're humans, and if you can't be moved and be in pain while someone else is is in a lot of pain, yeah. what does that tell? You know, what what does that say about you? Yeah. You know, I just didn't understand it, and I was too scared to say anything about it because mm -hmm. I because I was such a good boy growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, because I wasn't allowed to show my emotions. I wasn't allowed to be angry. I wasn't allowed to be scared i wasn't allowed to cry you know coming from you know being male and coming from a, a very religious background it's like well why are you showing all this emotion you know it, it's all it's all sussed for you you know you just do a b c and d and you get your <laughs> 70 virgins and and whatever it is in the next life i mean why why are you just kicking up a fuss just mm -hmm. just get on with it and uh, and when you just get on with it you're kind of successful in inverted commas you know, i.e., oh, you know, you're a doctor, you're a surgeon, you're, you know, you're married with, with, with kids and everything. And you're from, you know, because my family is a, a sort of political and religious family, so it's quite sort of upper class Iraqi family. And um, it's like, you know, why are you being a child? Just fucking grow up. And... Um, and I think now <laughs> I'm being a child again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, on that joyful note, tell yeah. me, so what does it mean to you to be a joyful doctor? Well, uh, to to be honest, it's I mean when when I enjoy doctoring, if that's the right word, I'm I'm having a good laugh with my patients. Mm -hmm. um, I think that for me is my most um, joyful part in the work is when I can really connect with with the patient and have a good laugh and you know we're we're, we're literally cracking jokes and even if it's something really serious whether they're losing sight or or you know there's there's a, a great uh, possibility of them losing sight we can still have a good humorous laugh I think that's when I'm really joyful Love it. Uh, in those situations
Mm. Um, yeah. My patients all the time, all the time. Again, I think it's just a really basic human yeah. um, way to be, isn't it? And yeah, lovely way of connecting with others. Tell me, tell us about a time when you haven't been so joyful. <laughs> I think that's most of the time. <laughs> um, sometimes I think you know if I'm if I'm having a bad day, mm -hmm. I'm having a bad day. Whether it's um, I've had an argument with someone, or I feel totally drained, or tired, or just emotionally drained, and I can't tap into that, um, uh, you know. Uh, humorous banter which i know i have mm -hmm. and you know i can't connect with the patient mm -hmm. and i have to be professional and i have to be emotionless and i have to be you know what the gmc want us to be you know all of the all of the above ticking the boxes so i you know how often does that happen um before it was it was pretty much all the time because I was in that position of fear, oh my God, you know, I've got to do everything right. But since I've uh, cut down my um, uh, clinical duties a lot, actually, and um, so I only do one traditional uh, clinical NHS sort of session where I do put a lot of banter into that. I mean, the, the reason why I think banter is really important because um, I remember when I first started off as a house officer and you know, uh, my consultants weren't were were too serious, so serious, and I just mm. couldn't get on with them. And then I had one consultant who was just a total, you know, he he always found the funny side of everything, mm. you know, no matter how bad the situation was. He used to always say something that was humorous or funny or lighthearted. And how did that make you feel? Oh, lovely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think banter's no, a fun one. Sometimes gets a bit of a bad rep. Yeah. Um, because I think occasionally uh, thoughtless banter can be can cause you know pain and problems and uh, you know it can be perceived almost sometimes as being bullying or harassing to yeah. those who aren't kind of in the loop or, yeah. or or who don't share that language. And I, I wonder if it's um, I think it certainly quite a british thing i don't know um do, do the doctors in iraq have much banter is it yeah yeah uh, i mean of, obviously you Jameson. know yeah, yeah i mean of, obviously we're sort of both british and and, mm. and we use the word banter because it you know that's the context in which we can understand it but yeah, yeah i mean de definitely i mean uh, i spent uh, four years working in iraq as, a, as an ophthalmologist and um you know, the best people I could work with are the ones that had that sort of lightheartedness and banter and we yeah. can actually. But, you know, it, it's I know where you're coming from. It It's not easy. And I think the reason why I look at the lighthearted side of things is because of, um, you know, my political and religious past in the sense that uh, my family was persecuted because of their religious beliefs. So mm -hmm. I've always looked at the lighthearted side of things otherwise life would be just too um, yeah, and miserable I, and, I, and horrendous and absolutely um, and I think uh, if you look at the, being a doctor it's it's full of pain misery death uncertainty all these really horrible dark difficult things and actually it's a really healthy uh defense mechanism I think isn't it to, you know humor just to yeah. lighten things up and to kind of see that 
um, to have a way to share experiences yeah. that doesn't feel too heavy. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I mean, that, you know, that's my kind of philosophy in life is that, you know, you know, it's all a you know, bit of a ironic and dark joke, really. <laughs> so what can you do? <laughs> you know, it, yeah, I don't if know. If you had like, uh, well, this was your last opportunity to talk to doctors out there at the moment who are struggling, let's say. I hope it isn't the last opportunity. I'm, I know you have much to say and much to give, and I really look forward to hearing it all over the years to come. Um, but if this was your kind of, you know, your last chance, what would you say? What would you want doctors to know or hear? Just reach out for help. Literally just reach out for help. There, there, there are lots of people out there who uh, are more than happy, more than willing, more than able to help you. And it, it's about talking about um, what you're going through and how difficult it is and just reach out and just talk to someone that that is trustworthy, that you trust, um, that have no judgment um, uh, and are just there to, to hear your problems. And the moment you do that, you know, the weight does come off. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Caroline is, is amazing. So, I mean, she's, okay. you know, she's doing some amazing work. So, um, yeah, please, you know, just, just reach out there. Otherwise, it just gets worse. It doesn't get better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally second that. I think for me that my life changed completely on a dime when I finally stopped trying to do it on my own. Yeah. And actually came forward and said, yeah, actually, I'm not coping. Yeah. Help. And it was really scary. You know, because up until that point, I'd been really independent and really uh, perceived myself to be someone that was coping. Um, it takes courage to to say, to talk. Mm-hmm. It takes courage. I know it's courage not to say and keep going. That mm-hmm. That's courage as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more courageous to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you are opening Pandora's box. And you are letting out all that emotion coming out, mm. and it's going to get very messy. Yeah, but that's the start. Sometimes it can feel worse before it gets better, and I think yeah. that's where choosing somebody you really trust to open up to yeah. um, can be really important. Yeah. Do you have any, um, I don't know, books or resources or anything like that that you would recommend? Oh, my book, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. My book, of course, Physician on Fire, and. Um, Apart from my book, is that Physician. available on, on Amazon? Uh, Amazon on my website as well. Great. So um, what's your website? Give it a shout out. Yeah, my, my website is pretty simple: thethirdeyedoctor.co.uk, and um, we'll put a link so, to the show notes for absolutely, absolutely, and, and and also I had uh, Caroline on my podcast, Surgical yeah, Spirit. And you do that an amazing awesome. podcast. I love your Thank podcast. You. So thoughtful and thought provoking. Thank you, thank you. Um, apart from that, the book that uh, stands out, um, I've read so many. Um, Can you remember sort of, I don't know, back when you were first struggling, was there one that really... Like, I remember somebody, an occupational health doctor recommended to me a, a little tiny book called The Iron Dock. Right. Um, and it was written by a, a Canadian physician who was working with doctors. Um, mm. And at that stage, this was school, oh, good 15 years ago now. 
um, the landscape for doctors' well-being really didn't look like it does today. You know, there was just very few kind of isolated individuals um, kind of trying to help doctors. Um, and she'd written this little book called The Iron Dock, and that I had to order it from the author herself because you couldn't like even get it, um, you know, on Amazon or anything like that. And um, but it was like a little lifeline to me. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, actually, gosh, I'm not the only one. And I, the bit I really remember is the first chapter. Um, talks about she writes as in the first person as if she's sitting in that waiting room about to see somebody for the first time to tell them that she's struggling as a doctor and how the emotions that were going on for her like how scary that was in that moment and that really helped me because that's how I felt you know I really felt like scared that my whole career was going to fall down around me um and I didn't know at that point what I know now which is actually it's been one of the best things that's ever happened to me and it's helped Mm. my career um Mm. and you know I see now I work with an NHS service here in the UK that's seen seven and a half thousand doctors Mm. you know and helped the vast majority of them to get well and get back to work and enjoy life again and yeah thankfully we can now spread that message you know that we know that you know although doctors struggle they do get better they do get better and you know it only makes us stronger as a collective as well yeah 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 100 yeah um I've, I've i've never been big on reading because i start a book but i never finish it so uh, uh, me too yeah. i don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that you know yeah i think um I occasionally finish a book but no more often than not i'll dip in and out and uh take little bits from beginnings middles and ends but i mean i've i've always been a fan of podcasts i think that's something that um I've always been actually my my dream was always to start a podcast so I started listening back in 2009 and I think that that sort of started the process of me coming out of myself so um Joe Rogan's podcasts are really interesting mm. um I, I don't know if you've listened to his podcast no. yeah yeah so he's 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 probably got the biggest podcast um currently Joe Rogan so he's a mixed martial arts commentator and uh, excellent comedian not (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah so I think he opened my eyes to my um, uh, narrow-mindedness and closed-mindedness of Mm. suffering and staying within my suffering and just uh, willowing my own suffering something podcast as well I think doctors are finding really helpful at the moment because you know you and your life is so busy it can be quite challenging yeah. to sit and pick up a book yeah. but actually if you're driving to work or you're on the train or you know you can just pop in your headphones and have a little listen it's, it's something really accessible about that isn't there and it helps I don't know it helps me to think about things in a different way to when I'm reading as well something about being able to look around you I think as you're listening yeah um, I think one book that really did change my life was 1984. Yeah, actually, I, yeah. I think that changed my life. I thought, do you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to change the way I think now because I know I have been controlled. Mm. And you we're know, all I, under the influence, aren't we, of, of external forces all the time? Of authority and mm. authoritarian rule and. Um, so yeah that sort of got me to think outside the box mm-hmm. and um oh, fantastic. also an interesting book is is god is not great that 
that that was interesting. By um, do you know what? I I forget names when yeah. I'm on the spot. <laughs> a lot of us do. Don't worry about it. It's totally normal. I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. If oh my god, it. I'm gonna get berated for God. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Yes, um, Christopher Hitchens. Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens. Mm. How could we forget that name? Christopher Hitchens. Ah. Thank you. Great. He, um, fantastic recommendations there. Some great books. Um, the podcast will definitely check that out. Um, and I just, yeah, want to thank you for coming on today. And as always, it's been just wonderful and uplifting for me and I'm sure for the listeners out there. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you or find out more about you, how can they do that? Yep. I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter, the third eye doc. I'm on uh, LinkedIn. My name, Haidal Hakim. My website is thethirdeyedoctor.co.uk. And also we have that lovely podcast with which Caroline's on. Uh, she's one of our guests, the Surgical Spirit Podcast. Tune wonderful. in, guys. Yeah, wonderful. Um, I will put all of those links in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you if they want to. And thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Caroline. For now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Joyful Doctor podcast. Uh, really um, excited that you found the podcast. And if you've enjoyed it, I would love it if you would maybe share it with another doctor that you know that might enjoy it too and get something out of it. Um, as I say, I'm all about trying to help doctors to live happier lives. Um, if you'd like to um, keep abreast of what's happening at Joyful Doctor, then do pop over to joyfuldoctor.com and you can follow me on any of the major social media um, sites from Facebook to Instagram to Twitter to LinkedIn. Um, I really hope to connect with some of you soon and please tune in again um, for our, another episode of the Joyful Doctor podcast. <laughs>